This is Clayton for Podcast Radio Business. We're joined by Stuart Miller, Chief Customer Officer at Newcastle Building Society and member of the High Street Task Force. We're here to discuss a blueprint for addressing the damaging legacy of years of bank branch closures. Thank you for joining us, Stuart. Uh, it's a pleasure, Clayton. It's great to be on. Well, we've all been there, going to our local bank branch, only to find it is now a fancy restaurant. How many banks and building societies have disappeared from our high street in this time? It seems like a lot. It is a lot. Uh, Believe it or not, there's over 5,000 bank branches that have closed in recent years, which has clearly left a huge gap in the provision of not just cash, but also just face-to-face financial services. Newcastle Building Society, we, we just thought something had to change. What we've been doing, Clayton, in the last few years is we're working with partners such as local authorities and local communities to effectively share space and the cost. And what that's meant is we've actually been able to open more branches. This week, we announced two pilots, two of our branches, where we're teaming up with a tech company called OneBanks. And we're using their tech, which basically means that customers and small businesses can come into our two pilot branches and pay in cash and withdraw cash uh, from any bank. But we're surrounded by lots of tech these days. And I'm sure Mm. people that are much younger than me would say, do we still need physical banks? I can do it all on my phone. I can do it on my watch. What do you say to that? Well, I mean, firstly, a lot of people still use cash. And it's been really interesting that cash usage has gone up really quite significantly during the cost of living crisis. So a lot more of us now are using cash to budget. But also, uh, it's a lifeline for particularly small businesses on our high streets um, who rely on the ability to basically withdraw, maybe change and, and pay cash into their bank without having to shut up shop and go and travel, you know, miles to the next town. It's even more than just the cash. You know, our, our members tell us how important it is to ask, have access to a person, you know, somebody who can give them help and advice. For example, you might be buying your first home. Um, you might want to understand what the best savings account is. Or you might be thinking longer term about retiring, for example. Apps are brilliant. We've got one. It's very well used. We're a massive investor in it. But, but the app can't do everything and I think can't substitute in certain circumstances just sitting down with an expert and getting some advice. Do you feel that, especially if you're growing a business now, I've spoken to uh, friends and colleagues who've tried Mm. to open bank accounts via the digital style system and found it really quite daunting. I have to say it has got better, as you'd expect, you know, banks, building societies and all retailers really are investing heavily in this digital proposition. So looking for ways to improve, you know, improve the way and make it easier to open accounts. I think often, you know, the business accounts can be slightly more tricky because you might have a partnership, you might have, you know, a number of directors and it starts to get a little bit more complicated. It was interesting. I was in our, the the latest branch we opened was in Naresbury, North Yorkshire, just a few weeks ago. And I was in there just just last week. Uh, Head of the branch manager there was telling us that their diary is full for the next two weeks people coming to open new accounts with us basically now those new accounts are offered online as well but isn't it interesting that we you know we almost can't cope with the demand of people coming in wanting to do that with the person face to face you know i think they just find it a much better experience to be honest i think for most people the idea of actually sitting down and explaining your circumstances it's something that you can't do with a computer algorithm Mm. because if somebody says well why is it that you've lived at this address because you haven't lived at that address you can often show them a piece of paper or a document that says this is the reason why. Yeah. Where when you're going through a computerized process, which is actually very efficient, it doesn't take into account 
those variables. A good example of that would be applying for a mortgage. So what our experience is that, you know, most, a lot of people, let's say these days, don't tick all the boxes. You know, we work more flexibly. Sometimes people have more than one job. They might move from being self-employed to employees. There's all sorts of different reasons. But very, very good customers, you know, excellent uh, in terms of um, from, from, you know, taking out a new mortgage. But it does take a little bit of time and a bit of care to sit down with somebody to really understand their personal circumstances. So we we don't we don't you know rely heavily on automated underwriting. You know we have people basically that can sit, look at a mortgage application, and take everybody's circumstances into account. Obviously, if you push all of that through an automated system, unfortunately, a lot of customers get kicked out because, uh, as I said, they might not tick all the boxes. So for us, it's a very much about a personal approach. And it's about taking time and care over, you know, each each of our customers and whatever the circumstances are. And I think that's true because people often talked about in previous years the relationship that they had with the bank and your bank had a relationship manager. Mm. What I would ask you is this, is, is there a correlation between less banks and at the same time less shops on the high street? They're kind of linked, I suppose, in that um, what... what Clearly, what we've seen is certainly uh, from a high street perspective, we've seen uh, a reduction in in many towns in terms of those big brands. So other than the big city centres, um, you, you start to see some of those those big brands disappearing from the high street. And I think that, you know, I include, you know, the, the larger banks being some of those big brands as well. But what we're seeing certainly from a high street task force perspective was we start to see, we certainly see a difference in terms of the type of town. So again, if I talk about Nesbury, just because that was the most recent place we opened a branch, it's got a thriving market. It's got a thriving library, which is where we've located our branch. And it's got a thriving small business community. And it's, you know, a much more vibrant experience. I think you get there from these individual small businesses that are setting up. So there probably is a correlation. And I guess maybe we're probably more akin to some of those smaller businesses that can be a bit more agile, a bit more personal, and really, you know, ultimately work out what makes us successful in Nesborough versus, you know, any other town in, in the UK, basically. So it's, it's very much about being part of that local community. And I think that's what is really the recipe for our success. So you've also got two roles, and that is your role at Newcastle Building Society mm. as the chief customer officer. But you're also a member of this high street task force, which sounds very important. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's, we were actually invited um, because of the work we've done at Newcastle Building Society to be opening branches and to be really investing in local communities and high streets. We were asked to basically join the task force, uh, I think it was about just two and a half years ago now. The, the task force was set up by government to work with uh, predominantly local authorities and local communities who had a real interest and passion for reinventing their high streets. And what the task force does is it provides experts, basically, and whether that be training people at the local authority or whether it be holding workshops to really start to flesh out what the vision is for that particular town. And I will say, you know, every town should have its own very unique vision about what it wants to be. Then we provide resource effectively and support to that local authority or to that local community and help them really draft out what that vision is. And, um, you know, we'll undertake visits to their high street and let them see, you know, give them some advice in terms of where there might be some gaps or some opportunities for improvement. They are very separate roles, but it was interesting that, you know, we were approached because of the active work we're doing in terms of investing in, in high streets. You mentioned very briefly in passing about one banks. Yes. And I'm intrigued as to exactly how that works. 
It's very clever. It works using the open banking system. So open banking was essentially a, a piece of regulation that meant, and, and it was really off the back of the fact that not many people move their bank accounts. So what it is, it's something that all the, all the banks sign up to. And it means that with your permission as a customer, you can share your information with another bank, another banking provider. So for example, you might be able to go into your HSBC app and see your NatWest accounts, for example, as long as you as say, as long as you give them permission to do that. So what OneBank has very cleverly done, it effectively you download an app and it uses a QR code. Obviously, you've got to go through all of your normal identification verification and provide passports, etc. But effectively, then that app then walks to this kiosk that we've got in two of our branches. Looks like a an ATM, I suppose. But basically, you can then say, well, you know who I am because of the QR code, and I'll use this now to pay money into my account. It's coins, notes. I can withdraw money from the machine. And as I say, it works for small businesses as well as personal customers. So it's used what technology that really was developed for more banking apps and tech, but they very cleverly turned it into something that can help you know, communities get access to cash where, where there is no bank anymore. That's an excellent explanation of exactly what's happened there. I think what I'm intrigued about is the idea that you can set it up mm. in various places where people wouldn't normally be. Put it in a library, put it in a cafe. You can put yeah. it anywhere, can't you? This one bank system. The, the original pilots of the one banks were actually in the uh, co-op stores, food stores. Um, so they, they agreed with co-op up in Scotland to basically give them some space and, and trial the, the tech and the machinery up in Scotland. We went to see it. We were really impressed with it. Uh, and given our shared spaces that we've got in some of our branches with the likes of libraries and uh, community hubs, then, you know, they'll, they'll fit into a, a fairly tiny space, to be honest with you. Don't really take up much space. But you're absolutely right. They can work off a, a 4G card. They don't even need a Wi-Fi connection, and they can be set up in in literally in minutes. Um, so they're, they're hugely flexible in terms of adding to what is already a very very popular uh, proposition that we've got in our branches. It's it's just an, another additional reason uh, to come into the Newcastle Building Society and talk to our fantastic colleagues and uh, you know get support on a wide range of things. Do you ever see banks and building societies coming back into fashion? I absolutely do. I absolutely do. So if you if, if you talk to customers in our in our branches, particularly those that have joined us, so we had thirty three thousand new customers join us last year, uh, and what they tell us is that, um, and I think this is this is this has changed. This has changed. I think it's a personal view, but I think since COVID, people are much more interested in their local community in their local town, um, and, and and you know there might be another alternative just five ten miles down the road. But what they're telling us is they don't want to travel. They want all of the services in their in their local in their local community. So when we open a branch that has lost its last bank, we become inundated with customers wanting to open accounts. And you know, it's almost by exception they'll tell us how fantastic it is with there, how fantastic it is we'll be part of that local community, and they very much want to support us. By the way, you know, our rates are very competitive as well. You know, we have to give good value back to, to our members. You know, our view at Newcastle Building Society is it's not about thinking about the way branches were and what's and where they've gone. It's very much um, it's very much about reimagining, finding a new blueprint, thinking about what the future branch look needs to look like. And we, as I say, we've got Wi-Fi, we've got free, really good quality ground tea and coffee. We've got community rooms that the local community groups can come and use free of charge. 
as I say, we locate ourselves in community hubs. So we're very much reinventing the model. And I think if you do that, and you know, um, somebody was asking me the other day, is it advantageous to you when the banks leave? To some degree, yes, of course it is, because you know we're getting inundated with new customers when we when we go to a place. So I absolutely think there's a there's a future for it, but we do need to think differently and we need to keep innovating and, and stay on the front foot rather than worrying about what banks used to look like 20, 30 years ago. Indeed. So where can we go to get more information and get this free tea and coffee, which sounds amazing? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, uh, we, we actually use local, uh, a local coffee um, company that grind their own and supply it to our branches. So we're trying to do everything we do. We try to do it with real real quality, but also try and keep it as local as possible. But yeah, I mean, if you're anywhere near a Newcastle Building Society branch, I mean, please pop in, you get a really warm welcome uh, and you would get a free tea and coffee, I promise you. Um, if that's not possible, then um, you can get um, a lot of good, great information on our website, which is newcastle.co.uk. Excellent. And can I ask also as well, how do people find out about the One Banks initiative? Will they be able to do that on your website as well? Yeah, then go on our website or if you just search for One Banks, it's an X at the end. So it's O-N-E-B-A-N-X. Um, and they've got their own website. It explains exactly what it is, why they're there, uh, why they were set up and, and how it works. And you can download the app from there as well. So very easy to find. Just do a quick search for One Banks. Excellent. Stuart Miller, Chief Customer Officer at Newcastle Building Society and member of the High Street Task Force. Thank you for joining us on Podcast Radio Business. Real pleasure. Thanks, Clayton. You're most welcome.